Good morning and welcome to Sunlight Christian Center, located in downtown Orange. Let's join Pastor Joe and the worship service in progress. I was visiting someone at the hospital a couple of weeks ago. I took my bike and went down to the hospital and I chained it up, went and visited somebody. And when I got through, I came back and I couldn't open up the combination on the lock. And then I'm standing there at St. Joe's Hospital looking at my bike. I can't figure out how to do the combination. And it was the combination that it came with. I never changed it because I don't want to have a mental problem. So I just used the combination, but their combination didn't work. So I went to the security guard and I said, you need to call maintenance and break the lock so that I can go home. And he says, well, how do I know it's your bike? I said, I don't know. I said, it is. He said, who are you? I said, I'm Pastor Joe from Sunlight Christian Center. Oh, he said, I, I, where, where's your church? I said, well, down at, in Orange. He said, I passed by that church hall and we got to talking. And while we were talking, he, he, he mentioned to me, he said, he says, you know, I want to be really thankful. I am thankful to the Lord for the health that I have. He said, I've seen some people, because he was working at the hospital. He says, I see people that are really hurting, and I got to thank God. He says, have you ever been to the, uh, the children's hospital? I said, sure. I've been there quite a few times. He said, I just thank God over again, because I, I've seen the children that are in the hospital. And I've, I've been there. I've watched little kids, the, the shaved head and the sunken eyes and dragging a little toy. And, and I look at them and, and I think to myself, how unfair life is. These little children, they don't even, not even ready to live and they're cut down at the prime of life and it, and it seems so unfair. And he was thankful to the Lord that, that he had life. And I'm thankful. You know, every once in a while, we just need to be grateful. We just need to stop in our tracks and say, Lord, I'm breathing. I want to thank you for the life you've given me and the blessings you've given me. Well, maintenance did come, and they got the jaws of life, and they broke the chain. And I took the chain back to, to Target and replaced it and got a new one. And I got one with a lock on with the key. I don't need to worry about it. <laughs> the key always works. I'd like you to turn to Joshua, the seventh chapter, all that ties in with what I would like to talk about, uh, which is, is, is that life so many times is not fair. And we have to deal with the reality. There are things that happen in life we don't have control over, but we got to live with the equation. It's not fair. One drop of ink can contaminate 10,000 drops of pure water. One drop of arsenic can contaminate 10,000 drops of pure milk. It's not fair, but that's life. That's just the way it is. One, one bad apple spoils the whole bushel. One drunken driver gets behind the wheel and he's weaving down the, the highway and, and he's disoriented and he goes over the center strip and his car smashes into an oncoming car. An entire family is snuffed out because of one drunken driver that drank too much. It's not fair, but that is life. 17,000 people die on our highways every year because of a drunken driver. And what is not a, a, as known a fact is that 239 children, innocent children, are in the car while the driver is intoxicated and that child's life is just snuffed out. It's not fair. 
And we have to deal with the reality that there is a lot of not fair things in life. And what I want to do is I want to point out something this morning. I've entitled a message, What is Your Sin Costing? I don't want to be confronted, and the reason why I use the word your, I could have used the word my, I could have used the word our. I wanted to use the word your because there's something really personal about hearing the statement, what does your sin cost? Not because I am outside of the box, I'm right in there with you. It's as if I was even speaking to myself, what does your sin, Pastor Joe, cost others? What does your sin cost other people? Some people believe that what I do is my business and what you do is your business and so let's all mind our own business and we'll do whatever we want to do and everything will be fine. But we are connected. Frank Sinatra sang, I did it my way. He may have done it his way, but in doing it his way, he affected the lives of the people around him. We all do. We affect the lives of people. There used to be a song that was popular, the lyrics went something like, I want to be me, I got to be free. Well, you can be me and you can be free, but whatever you're doing, you are connected to somebody else and you have an effect on them. We share the same planet. We breathe the same atmosphere. We drink the same water. We grow in the same soil. And we absorb the same energy of the sun. We're connected. If I was in a lifeboat with you and you saw, decided you were going to drill a hole underneath your seat, your, you are affecting me. And I would have to tell you, please don't do that because I'm going down with you. But you, say, but you might say, well, this is me. I'm just doing my own. No, you're not doing your own thing. You're doing our thing. It's costing me. What does your sin cost. And just because a sin is done privately does not mean it doesn't cost. And just because nobody knows about it does not mean it does not cost. Sin is expensive and it will cost. And to illustrate that I would like you to turn to Joshua the seventh chapter because in the seventh chapter of Joshua we have a simple story, a tragic simple story, a tragedy that illustrates the fact life's not fair. And sin is costly. And what we have is the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. And right away it almost seems uh, strange. And so I want to give you a little background so you can have the context. In the sixth chapter of Joshua, Joshua and his army surrounded the city of Jericho. They marched around it for six days. Once a day on the seventh day they marched around it seven times. And when the signal was given, after the army had been instructed not to say a single word during that period of time, when the signal was given, they were to shout. And so Joshua gave the command, they shouted, the walls strangely, mysteriously came tumbling down. And the children of Israel entered into the city and took the city. God previously told Joshua that when you enter into the city, all of the loot, all of the spoils, all of the gold and the silver, everything of value in the city belongs to God. That God is going to get the first share. That whatever it is you find, it goes to God. Well, there was one man in Joshua's army who marched around the city like everybody else. And he was silent just like everybody else as he marched the city. And he shouted just like everybody else when a signal was given to shout. And the walls came down and he entered into the city and his eye caught 
the gleam of silver coins and a golden bar and a Babylonian garment. He took these three items and brought them to his tent and dug a hole and buried them, covered it up and wiped his hands. And the next thing you read, the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. And I say, wait a minute, it was one man. It was not the children of Israel. It was only one man. And he alone committed the crime. And yet, we have to deal with this reality that just kind of gives us whiplash. And yet, the sin of one man spoiled an entire nation. And when God looked at them, he saw the nation as having sinned. It is strange, because right away there's something inside. You know, there's that, there's that, that fairness factor that we have. So, wait a minute, that's not fair. For Achan, this is the man who stole, Achan of the tribe of Judah took of the accursed things. Now there's several things about this that I would not want to share with you. First of all, I got a problem with the word accursed things because gold and silver are not cursed and, and, and clothing is not cursed. Nothing cursed about gold and silver. You need gold and silver. You're going to pay your rent. You better have some gold and silver. Even if it's not in the form of gold and silver, it's going to be in the form of a greenback or something and you've got to pay your rent because you've got to survive and you want to buy your food. You've got to buy your food with money. And so gold and silver is not cursed and the Babylonian garment was just clothing that you wore. It wasn't cursed. How did it become cursed? It wasn't cursed to begin with. God would not be asking for the spoils if the spoils were cursed. And so God was asking for something that he believed was rightfully his. But when when Achan touched the thing that did not belong to him, in touching it, he put a curse on it. The Bible says that, that, that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. And that's because God says he wants us to remember that he is Lord. And so we serve him by giving of ourselves. Sometimes it's of our treasure. Sometimes it's our talent. Sometimes it's our time. Sometimes it's all three. We give of ourselves to the Lord. Belongs to him. It's not ours. He gave it to us and we give it back to him. And when we take something and we mistreat whatever it is that God has blessed, it then becomes a curse. Marriage is blessed, but if you mistreat marriage, it can become a curse. Yet God blessed it. Parenting is blessed. Children, having children is a blessed thing. The Bible calls them blessed little children. Jesus said, suffer the little children come unto me. Because children are blessed. They're gifts of God. And, and, and a family is, is something that's been blessed. But if you mistreat the gift that God has given you, you will curse the very thing that God has blessed. Not because it was cursed, only because we mistreated it, it became cursed. Let me give you an illustration. Language. God has given us language. We, we have the ability to communicate like no other of, of God's creation. We communicate in ways, in subtle ways, and in forms that the, 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 the animal kingdom cannot even conceive of. And God has blessed us with a tongue that can communicate, and it's a wonderful blessing. But you can take that tongue that God has given you, and if you curse and cut 
and insult and criticize and abuse somebody with the language that God has given you and you ruin them and you hurt them and like lightning bolts you flash into their little hearts and you distort and destroy the wonderful thing that God has placed in their little you have now taken a blessed thing and has cursed it so the gold and the silver and the garment was not cursed until Achan took what was not his and in taking it he cursed it and so now God is 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 looking at the entire nation and this is uh, this is mind-boggling and I got to deal with the text because I was I'm preaching through the book of Joshua and I want you to see the truth as it is in the book so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel and I say that's not fair Achan stole Achan buried the treasure. The anger of the Lord should be aimed at him. But it says here that the anger of the Lord was, was, was against the children of Israel. And there's something inside of me that, that the fairness factor just kind of rebels at even reading the story. What do you mean? How could you, be, how could you be upset with the children of Israel for the sin of one man? One man can affect the lives of lots of other people who are innocent on the sidelines of life and we can hurt them irreparably because of some action that we are involved in. Sin costs. And it costs dearly. Look at what Achan's sin cost. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men. What happened was after the city of Jericho was taken, the next objective was this little town called Ai. And so Israel sent 3,000 men, armed men, to go and fight this little city. But in the midst of the fighting, Israel was defeated because God was upset with Israel. And so they lost the battle. And 36 men died. 36 men died because of the sin of one man. Thirty-six wives grieved because of the sin of one man. Thirty-six mothers, thirty-six fathers grieved because of the loss of their son. Possibly a hundred children would say, why isn't daddy coming home? Because of the sin of one man. And it doesn't seem fair. But the passage is clear. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. The, the courage that they showed at Jericho, now they lost because of this defeat. They, they, they're just their system shut down and their courage drained out and they were now afraid. They had no, a whole nation was affected by the sin of one man leaving, leaving me to to ask again the question, what does sin cost? What does your sin cost me? What does my sin cost you? What does your sin cost others? If it were possible for us to look into the eyes of a little child, if, if, if a child could express himself or herself, a child might be able to ask that question of his own parents. Mom, Dad, what is your sin costing me? 
Because when you split up, my world crumbled and my security was shattered. And I lived for the next 20 years of my life believing that it was my fault. What is your sin costing me? child could ask, Dad, you're always angry. You can't control your temper. I live every day of my life being afraid. I'm afraid of you. And you're the one who said that you loved me. And I'm afraid of you. How can that be? What is your sin costing me? Another child might say, Dad, you were hooked, hooked on drugs, you were hooked on marijuana, hooked on heroin, and hooked on cocaine, and, 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 and because of that, you were never there. I, you, you were there, but you weren't there. So I lived all of my life feeling I was abandoned by my own dad, thinking that maybe there was something wrong with me because dad wasn't there for me, and, and you didn't love me. I didn't feel that you, what is your sin costing me, dad, mom? Every year, children are born with AIDS. They didn't do anything. Innocent victims. And if, you could, if they could express themselves, they might be saying the same thing. What is your sin costing me? You've cut my life down before I even began. Children sometimes are born addicted to drugs that the parents had involved themselves in and, and, and to no, no fault of their own, they are paying the price of something that mom and dad did. Sometimes children are born into a family, a dysfunctional family. They didn't, they didn't vote. They didn't vote for the family. They didn't ask to get involved in the family. They didn't ask to become a part of it. But somehow, because of, because of life, they were born into this family. And the dysfunction of the family is, is passed off. And the other child, now the child is carrying the image of the dysfunction that mom or dad had. And, and now it's stamped indelibly on the life of the child. And now the child will grow up in life and live out the dysfunction that was handed. That's not fair. That's not fair. But it's the cost of sin. It's painful. It's pricey. Lot made a decision. He decided he was going to move towards Sodom because there were opportunities in Sodom. And so he moved his family, his wife and his two daughters. They moved to Sodom and there they enjoyed prosperity. And he became the mayor of the city and was a very important person. And he lived there in Sodom. And then he discovered later that the decision he made to move to that city was a devastating tragedy because he lost his wife. And his two daughters became perverted. What is your sin costing? David stayed home when he should have been out with his men. And being at home, he looked out of his window and he saw a Bathsheba taking a bath on the roof, which always seemed a little strange to me, why anybody would be taking a bath on the roof. But, but whatever the issue is, it happened. And the lust grew and was born and there was an affair. And David's behavior destroyed his family. Sin is costly. There's a heavy price tag. 
And, and the story of, of uh, David and Bathsheba is not an ancient story. It's, it's really on the front pages. All you got to do is look at the newspapers. It's not some ancient thing. It's, the, the, the scandals are everywhere and they are current. It's like it's just as if you were opening up your newspaper today. You'll run into it because it's the human factor. But there's something about the human factor that we need to understand. There are actions that we take that are not fair to others. They're painful. Parents could ask the same thing to their children. A parent could ask a child, a child, what is your sin costing mom and dad? Oh, I know you have everything under control and you decided you were going to rebel and there wasn't anything that anybody could teach you and you decided you were going to break the rules and so you thought you were invincible and you had the world by the tail and you were in control and nobody could tell you anything because you knew where it was at and you did it and you broke our heart. A young man gets in an automobile. He's 33 years old and he's killed in his car as it slams into a cow's trans truck performing maintenance along the eastbound 91 in Corona during the morning rush hour. He was traveling at a high rate of speed alone in the carpool lane and he had been cited twice before for riding alone in the carpool lane and he leaves behind a wife who's expecting and a two-year-old daughter who is going to ask, if she hasn't already, where's daddy? Why isn't daddy coming home? Daddy's in heaven? Why is daddy in heaven? I want daddy home. It's something that should not have happened. My heart goes out to the family that is has to deal with the grief and the, and the sorrow and the pain that will last for decades. Broken hearts. One man's act. He didn't mean to hurt anybody, but one man's act. And lives are crushed. And separation is painful. And you can hear a little two-year-old saying, I love you so much. I miss you, Daddy. I miss you, Daddy. If it were possible to reverse time, that dad would. But there's something about life that is not fair. And we have to deal with the painful realities of what behavior does to people. Not maliciously, just thoughtlessly. Painful. It wasn't fair. This little two-year-old girl wants her daddy back. 2,000 years ago, God tried to communicate the truth to us that sin is insanity. When Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was to communicate to us that we don't even know what we're doing when we sin. We have no idea of the effect that it has. 
And so God sent his son, wrapped him up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, born of a virgin, so that he would be spotless, sinless. Introduced to his world by John the Baptist, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was born for one purpose, and that was to die on a cross. He didn't do anything wrong, but he died on that cross. It really was unfair because he committed no crime. But God allowed his son to die on that cross so that he could reach us. He who knew no sin suffered our sin so that we who are sinful could be cleansed and the record could be made clean. You see, we can't really do anything about our sin. Oh, we can deny it, but it doesn't go away. We can drug it, but it will keep on coming back. There's really no way to erase it. So God sent his son to do something about sin. And what he did was send his sinless, spotless, only begotten son to die on Calvary. They took him. They mocked him, they plucked his beard, they punched him. They spit on him and they ridiculed him and they put a crown of thorns on his brow. They hammered nails into his hands, put him on a cross and crucified him. He never did anything wrong. But when you look at that cross, remember that Jesus, he paid it all. He didn't even owe it. It wasn't fair. Thank God that God was not thinking about fair when Jesus died on the cross. Because his son died so that we might have life. And he could erase the effects of sin. And because of that one death, that one death, it affected an entire planet. Just as sin costs and affects people around it, God's blessing on Calvary was precious and priceless, and it affects everybody on the planet. And I would like to open up the altar for those who would like to come and present themselves before this great God who was willing to be unfair to give us grace. We don't deserve it. But because God was not thinking about fair and was thinking about grace, we come into his family. You have been listening to Pastor Joe at Sunlight Christian Center. We are located in beautiful downtown Orange, just one block north of the Chapman Circle at 172 North Glassell Street.